This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. And how's everybody doing? Welcome to the first segment of Motorcycle Madhouse Morning Mayhem. The second segment immediately after this video happens over on MotorcycleMadhouseRadio.com or the Discord server. We're going to be talking about a big, big subject today, and that is Maurice or also known as Mom Boucher, he was the leader of the Hells Angels Nomad chapter in Canada, and uh, he has ties to the Lennoxville uh, Purge, as well as the Great Quebec War from 1994 to 2002. This guy was like an Al Capone uh, up there, like it is in Chicago. Whatever you want to say, he was freaking a gangster up there. Uh, that is the guy who led the war against the rock machine, something that we'll be talking on tomorrow's segment of uh, Motorcycle Madhouse Radio. And, uh, man, this guy was something else, I can tell you. Uh, we're going to get into the material. Instead of me doing a monologue, we're going to get into the material right away and then uh, head on over to the radio station to have some fun with China Doll. Let's get it going here. Anyway, uh, here's a little uh, background on him. He named Maurice Boucher as the man who gave the order to kill the prison guards. The Hells Angels leader went on trial for murder. Now, there was two prison guards that he ordered killed, and one of the reasons why he ordered them killed was he was taking a lot of his stuff from the way the Colombians did. They wanted to intimidate prosecutors, law enforcement. Uh, that's how they did it down there. And that's what he wanted to do was mimic them. Uh, let's go and look at some of the stuff that Wikipedia has on them. And it's very interesting, uh, the history with him. Uh, because he used to be a fellow member of Salvatore Cazetta. They were a part of a club called the SS. It was a white supremacist club up in Canada. But Salvatore, he went a different way than Mom Boucher did. He started the rock machine after all this nonsense was going back and forth. That was in 82. He was a member of the SS who were uh, based in Point Ox Trembles on the eastern tip of the island of Montreal. Uh, the SS was a working class uh, type of deal, which most clubs are. Uh, they strongly opposed non-white immigration, uh, the whole nine yards. You know how that kind of stuff works. Uh, 
One of the members of the SS was one Norman Bill Hamel, who was to follow Boucher into the Hells Angels. Uh, a lot of stuff around that era is when the Hells Angels were flipping clubs up there, expanding, trying to be the only club up in Canada, the main powerhouse. So, a lot of the guys in the club scene back then knew that this was going on. A famous one, the Popeyes up there flipped at a Hells Angels. A lot of them weren't happy, but they did it. Uh, but that's one point I wanted to bring up about this Salvatore uh, Gazetta because it leads into tomorrow's segment about the Rock Machine Hells Angels War. And that was a bad one, man. That was one of the worst uh, biker wars there were. I think it was 162 murders over a nine-year period. It got pretty serious up there. We thought the Scandinavia one was pretty bad. No, it was uh, it was pretty bad over there, man, in uh, Canada. He had a mixed uh, type of existence, if you will. And here's where his... Connection to the Lennoxville, uh, Quebec chapter of the Hells Angels, uh, mur murders and stuff like that. He was more of a businessman than he was a biker. He liked making money. He liked running it as a business where the Lennoxville, uh, Quebec chapter, they just wanted to party. They wanted to be who they were. You know, they were bikers. They didn't want to wear suits. Uh, a lot of the times you would see this guy wearing all the gangster garb, man. All the gangster garb, he wore it. And that's where a lot of people have problems with the new generation. They're mostly in gangster freaking uh, garb. Uh, you look at Australia, for example. They make some money over there, big time. And they run around with these expensive cars, these expensive houses. And it does put a blight on the biker scene. Now, in 84, it's said that Boucher held a gun to uh, the head of a 16-year-old girl and threatened to kill her on the spot if she did not have sex with him. Now, he was convicted of rape. Now, one of the things, and this is, I guess, where the different cultures come in, in the United States, he would have been kicked out. He would have been probably beat to death uh, for doing something like that, a rape of a 16-year-old girl. That was a pedophile type of action. Uh, but I guess it... Didn't happen up there. Uh, Boucher managed to illegally collect unemployment insurance while I was in there. Uh, shortly before he was released in 86, a clerk finally noticed that the address that the checks were being mailed to was a prison. Uh, in 86, soon after finishing his 40-month sentence for armed sexual assault, he joined the Hells Angels Motorcycle Club in uh, Montreal, and that's where he quickly rose through its ranks. Uh, he became a patch member in 87, three days after the murder of Martin. He was a rival outlaw, a leader of the Death Riders. It is widely believed that Boucher killed him to become a full patch member of the Hells Angels Montreal chapter, which at the time was the oldest and most prestigious chapter. 
then there's a crime uh, type of deal. Jerry Langton, he described uh, Boucher as a big and strong and not afraid to fight anyone and smart and charismatic. It's always the charismatic ones that really lead those that don't think for themselves astray. Sad state of affairs, man. And it's one of them type of deals where these kind of people will follow these guys off of a clip. Again, for one, I don't I can't believe that the Hells Angels in Canada let in a pedophile. The dude was convicted of rape in of a sixteen year old girl. Uh he also had uh, interesting deals where he hijacked trucks and stuff like that. Uh, then they talk about the wars that he was involved in, one of the biggest ones being uh, with the Outlaws and then uh, the Rock Machine. Now again, with Boucher, he was gangster, man. I'm talking he even went after uh, the Canadian Mafia up there. Uh, he was actually convicted of that, and he had to serve 10 years more on top of the three life sentences. Uh, but let's take a look at this one here. The informant who helped bring down Mom Boucher, uh, this is when he was released, but this is uh, the guy that was like a Sammy Bull Garano, I'd have to say, man. He was that close to him. And one of the things that brought down Boucher was being convicted of the murders of those prison guards. Now, in the United States, everybody knows, hey, you don't mess with the freaking cops, DOJ, all any that. Because when you kill one of them, you're bringing nothing but the heat hardcore down on you. Every law enforcement agent is going to come for you. So, trying to emulate the Colombians, I don't think was a smart move on their point. Because the Colombians, they have a different system of government. I'm talking, they have everybody on the payroll. I'm Mexico too. It's just system of government down there is different where they lay off these drug cartels but at the same time if they step out of line they're going to kill you they're going to shoot you up and then they're going to shoot your family up and then they're going to shoot up your descendants <laughs> it's just going to keep going and going that's how ruthless these drug cartels are they have no morals but for him to try to emulate that was just craziness because Canada doesn't have the same government that Colombia does or Mexico does or any of these freaking countries that rely on bribing politicians and stuff. You got to admit, he was smart. The Montreal chapter of the Nomads... We're making some hardcore money. Hardcore money. And with Boucher, you kind of can compare him to a John Gotti where he thought he was nothing but untouchable. Nothing but untouchable, this guy. That's the way he thought. And it's them guys that actually 
are the ones that get brought down the hardest. They really are. Uh, let's go into, let's see here, this Montreal Gazette article. And this is where I was talking where he got a new 10-year-year uh, sentence on top of his three life sentences. His daughter was all messed with this stuff. And here's what he had to say. All is good before the sentencing. Uh, he's already serving three life sentences related to the murders of the two prison guards and attempted murder of the one. He aged big time in prison, man. Uh, it's funny, behind bars, they were trying to kill him and stuff like that. Uh, kind of like uh, what Gotti went through with uh, the Black Gorilla family, I believe, and needed the Aryan Brotherhood to step in on his behalf. Uh, but... You know what? The more notoriety you have, the more that you're going to be targeted in prison. Uh, this was in regards to a murder plot against uh, Reynold uh, Gennardis. He was an influential figure in the Montreal Mafia, which is pretty interesting with their syndicate up there. It's actually not a family up there if you ask a lot of people, it's actually an extension of the New York families. Uh, mostly, I believe it's the Bananos, but I'm not sure. Uh, the sentence was part of a common suggestion presented to the Superior Court uh, by the defense lawyer. It's not like he's ever going to see the time of day. Three life sentences, what are they, eligible for parole after 25 since it's a different type of deal up there? I don't know. Uh, I guess he's a former member now. I don't know if that's true or not. You know, you would think somebody like him would have kept, you know, with the club. But who knows? You never know with these news articles if they're telling you what's up or not. Uh, I know his daughter... Uh, she pled not guilty to being in possession of uh, proceeds of crime. Uh, let's see here. Uh, well, she pled guilty. Uh, according to the summary of facts, she's pretty hot too, man. Uh, she was uh, paid a cut, referred to as renter taxes of the profits on drugs sold uh, between a 2011 and 2015. Her cutout worked to about a thousand a month and came from traffickers who sold drugs like cocaine in the neighborhoods her father ruled over, uh, was clearly the leader of the Hells Angels uh, Montreal in 1990s. Uh, it was basically what they're calling it was an allowance. Yes, she was making an allowance <laughs> from all this. But hey, I guess if your dad's a freaking hardcore freaking gangster, and you know what? You would have to give the Angels a lot more respect uh, than what he did. Let's just put it that way. Because you got people all the time trying to separate clubs from these gangster activities and stuff. Then you got these guys up there uh, that pulled on this. Dude, they were making some big money, man. They were in bed with the, uh, the syndicate. Uh, they were major players in this type of deal up in Canada. But this segment is basically just to give you an overview of what we're going to be leading into tomorrow as far as the Quebec biker war between the Rock Machine and 
as well as the Hells Angels. But one thing that I can't get over, and I don't know what you guys think, but I can't see how the club, even though it's two different countries, would accept the pedophile, because that's basically what he was, was a pedophile. He raped the 16-year-old at gunpoint. He got the sentence for it. He was found guilty. So how the hell he even imagined he even got into that club? I have no idea. But I got China Doll in here with me right now. We're going to go to the second half of Motorcycle Madhouse Morning Mayhem over on uh, www.MotorcycleMadhouseRadio.com. We have all kinds of fun, man. We get into all kinds of subjects. I think you'll enjoy it. Go on Discord if you want to see us live over there on camera. I'll talk to you over there. Get over there. Switch over. For something just a little bit wild. God! Now or never, here it comes. Take yourself on a journey into the unknown. Yeah! Are you ready? Attention! We came, we saw, we kicked it down! Hey! This is good stuff! I want to share something with you! You're listening to Motorcycle Madhouse Radio, WMMRDB Rockford. You know what? That kind of reminds me, you know, the guy in the jungle swinging from the rope and, you know, you know, screaming and stuff like that. It reminds me of you when you, you know, you wake up. <laughs> Tarzan? Or, <laughs> what the hell? It reminds, you know, you're Jane. Uh, okay. So we were having fun last night. You know, we had a two-hour show, man. I was just into it last night. <laughs> Everybody, I didn't even know you were having a show. Well, you know, I get a bug up my ass sometimes, <laughs> and I say, you know what? I'm jumping on the fucking radio. I want to screw around with everybody. Uh, this week, uh, what is it? Saturday, we're going to have our members-only uh, chat. Uh, are you? Yeah, don't you uh, yeah. jump off? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> So what time you want to do it? Don't we usually do it about 7? Seven? 7 would be good. So let's have our mo- members only chat at 7. Okay. I got to do a members only live stream where uh, everybody's calling in and stuff like that. Uh, that would be fun. But last night we had like a two hour deal and it was fun as hell. Uh, you know, I think your uh, gay friend, uh, he was a little, uh, wow, what the hell just happened here? Oh, <laughs> oh my God, yeah. I had the show on, and he's like, oh, my God, he, he 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 really is chatting it up, huh? Well, it is a radio show and there, like, bud. Well, yeah, this is like every day. Well, every morning. Usually, right. You know, normally every night, but now it's, you know, the nice weather. Got to go down to one night a week. I guess he was bored. And then, you know, we had some weird stuff. Uh, we found out that uh, Big D's a trans. And uh, that was weird. He likes nylons. He likes nylons, mm-hmm. which, hey, each their own, man. Each their own. You know? It's all good. Yeah, but his, that's his new nickname, Trans D. Trans D? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think he's going to frown upon that. Well, you know, it happens. I told You know what? I warned him, don't ever give me ammo. You'll use it's it. Ju- it's just something you don't do with me. No. You know, you give Hollywood ammo, uh, you know, I talk about my personal life on this show, but 
throwing me ammo, man. I'm going to put it out there. There is nothing sacred when it comes to the Hollywood and uh, China Dow show or Motorcycle Madhouse uh, Mayhem. Yeah, it's no holds barred. Yeah, you just can't do it. But uh, you know what? Like I was talking about last night, I am kind of disappointed in my guys. Uh, you vipers were whooping their ass again yesterday. Yeah, it happens. It's like, holy shit, man, here it is, a biker discord, and next thing you know, these damn freaking women are just knocking the shit out of these men. It's like, seriously, where did your balls really go? <laughs> Some of them might not have dropped yet. None of them dropped yet. <laughs> <laughs> it, happens. It, happens. it happens. It happens. It does. It happens. It happens. What are you going to do? But, you know, it is what it is. I think he looks cute in nylons. What? I'm just kidding. Dude, he looks like a hairy Sasquatch with nylons. I, I was kind of, like, disturbed by the photo. Thanks thanks for doing that for me, though. That was one of those exosketch moments, right? I couldn't. You know, then you put, uh, what's it called? You put uh, your picture up in the Discord channel. Yeah. I think yeah. We're in nylons. Yeah. I think I win. I think you do. I think I win. <laughs> I'm the cute one. Sorry. You are. Sorry. But like I said, you know, yesterday, I was like, you know what? You'd get more pecker if you dress like that a lot more instead of being lazy. Why? You want me to dress like that for a show or something? That's no. like weird. Uh, you know, you know, a nice romantic Hollywood night. You ain't romantic. And make it about me. You ain't romantic. I'd be more romantic no, you if you dress like that. No, I was a lot more romantic. It's like, okay, instead of, you know, two pumps, I go two minutes. That's romantic to Hollywood. Oh, my God, no. <laughs> that is not. <laughs> so far few in between. <laughs> oh, then I have my Flossie in there, man. Uh, my UK Flossie. You know what? I'm just so fucking... You know what? I asked for pictures of nylon women in there, and I didn't get any but you. What the hell is with that? Nobody loves Hollywood. Uh, now they like me more. Yeah, I bet, man. Just saying. So your gay friend... He's not my gay friend. He's a gay... Oh, he wants to take you to the office. And yesterday you told me, because I wanted to do a funny interview for the show. Okay? Yeah, I frowned upon that suggestion. You were pissed at me about it. Why the hell were you pissed? I wanted to do a funny show. You want to do a funny show which contains a view interviewing trans guys, gay guys? No. Should I interview Big D? Well, there you go. (laughs) No, I'm just talking about... No, anyway, uh, I want to do that. I think I got some good interview questions. Like what? Why you wear a dress, jackass? No, no, you're not going. No, you're not going. Okay, what if I rephrased it? To what? Okay, why you wear a dress? You're a dick. You got a dick. Oh my god, dude, no. You're terrible. I think it'll be funny. No, it won't. I think my audience will really find that funny. No, I don't. I think that, that uh, no. They could watch you get your butt kicked by a bunch of gay guys. Yeah, right. That ain't going to happen. They'll scratch my eyes out is what they'll fucking do. <laughs> they would. They'll scratch my Dude, eyes I'd scratch out. scratch your eyes out if you did that. You know I wouldn't be so mean. Bullshit. I wouldn't. I'd be direct. But yeah, exactly mean. direct. Mean. <laughs> you have no faith in me. None. 
None whatsoever. I really do. I think people like go fucking Mm-mm. crazy. They make no. I think it'd be frowned upon in society. I don't care what society thinks. I'm a biker. And you know what? That's actually what a biker was supposed to be. Was, you know, who cares about what society thinks and do your own thing? And now they're all caught up in this political bullshit. You know, that it's crazy business, man. Okay, you have one person that'll find it funny. Yeah, no, he just said it. Uh, let's see here. Shocker, uh, my sister-in-law, that fucking viper. Uh, stop it, Hollywood. I don't see you being romantic kind. Hell, you probably haven't even tried the pickles. Uh, they were, uh, they tasted good. (laughs) (laughs) They're good for hot dogs. (laughs) That's about it for you, huh? That's about it for me. The petite pickles. The petite pickles, like you. You're petite. So when are you going to go visit this gay bar? You know what? Maybe I should let you do the interview. Yeah, because I wouldn't be like you. Okay, what kind of questions would you ask them? I don't know. I think of things on spur of the moment, depending on the conversation. I can't even be a cameraman? As long as you're a non-talking cameraman. You know that would not happen with me. No, then you, you know what you, you need go. to do? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a funny interview with the China doll. It'll be your first interview. You go with your gay friend to the gay bar and get me an interview with all these trans, you know, the women with freaking dicks, and we play the interview. At least I'd be nice. Yeah, but you got to be funny. You know, you got to say, you know what, my husband, you know, he wants to know why you wear dresses when you got a dick. But I already know the answer. Okay, what's the answer? Because that's what makes them feel comfortable. Wearing a dress? Yeah. They got balls. So? You know, well, I can't bang, man, because, you know, our boy Rubik's, he wears a dress and his balls hang out and stuff like that. Is that like a trend or something I don't know about? Not that I'm aware of. You know, because, you know, here I am. If it was a trend, it'd be on TikTok. Well, here I am thinking, you know, D's a manly's man. Next thing you know, he winds up in fucking nylons, man. What the hell? I don't know people. (laughs) What were they anyways? Pressure nylons? I don't know. I don't look at that shit. I look at women with nice asses and boom, thick legs. Well, we've seen plenty of big D's ass during shows. It happens. it happens. (laughs) (laughs) But you never know. You, you, You think you know somebody and it don't happen that way. Well, you know. You find out something new about people on a daily. So did I get a new listener yesterday? Did this gay guy like listening to me? or is he, he, li- th- he listened and he, I no. He, he, he thinks I'm too uh, <laughs> gross or something? <clears throat> too vulgar. That's what he said. I was too vulgar. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I ain't no fucking vulgar. Dude, yeah, you are. You were talking. He, he The part he heard was how, uh, you, you know, you're the two pump or two minute man and how i'm like a i'm dead, a two like, minute man like when i'm a you dead nylons like you, i'm, it, it I'm dead, you dead actually log. get pissed at me for calling you that yeah i do because dude in two pumps or two minutes is not enough time for me to, to have a response well you know it happens but you know i told you you wear some nylons i'll go two minutes for you you know maybe two and a half before i have to get back to work but I didn't get a new listener yesterday? No. He didn't like me? 
No, he thinks you're crazy. Well, you know, maybe I should go and interview him. Why you suck dick? Oh, stop I, it! I, I, yeah, <laughs> you know what? It just comes out like trash. Okay. Why don't you answer Graystar? What did Graystar say? Just answer. Uh, so hey, so BD said this summer is going to be bad in the biker sec. Uh, do you all agree? Uh, hmm. <laughs> it could be. Uh, let's hope. Uh, you know what? There are uh, different alliances taking place that I'm not going to tell you about. Uh, so it could be. It couldn't be. You know, it's, it's it could 50, go either way. It's a fifty-fifty toss-up. It could go either way, like me. Hopefully, it's uh, yeah, like you. Hopefully, it's like <laughs> it's not like 1994. That would be terrible. Uh, but when you uh, start moving into other people's territories and stuff, uh, you know, you get what you get. Uh, let's see here. Shocker. Hollywood interviewing a trans. Oh, my God, no. Why? I'm a nice guy. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not a nice guy. Not in that situation. You need to just leave that idea alone. I'm going to set up the interview, and you better do it. No, you need to leave it alone. Uh, you do it. I won't do it. I won't be there because uh, you'll probably be all nervous with me there. You don't want to ask questions. You don't want to ha- ask the hard stuff. See, when I interview somebody, I ask hard shit. I don't let them go by. I ask the hard stuff. You, you'll probably be nice. I would be nice. I'd ask questions, but I would be You'll nice. probably be there saying you I would ask how old were they when they realized that they were in the wrong body. What do you mean the wrong body? God gave them that body. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they felt right in it. What, are they high? No. See, you don't ask questions. You gotta be hard. And you gotta make it funny. See, but there's some situations that don't... Aren't, you know, don't end up being funny. Can I go interview the gay dude? Ron? <laughs> Why? <laughs> dude, I got like horns on my fucking head right now. Krampus <laughs> <laughs> Slayers that I should ask. Hey, uh, so what, uh, what color lipstick do you like? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know, we have to ask Trans D that. Uh, you know, I'm never, oh, I, I'm never gonna, gonna not gonna let that's I'm not as gonna bad let as that, you at Rubik's. And I'm not kilt. gonna let that fucking shit down. Uh, but we're gonna be uh, taking our first uh, break here, and then afterwards, we're gonna talk. You know, you remember the '80s slasher films, right? Mm-hmm. That was a fucking craze back then. Everybody wanted to kill everybody. Yeah, like and shit. Freddy and Jason, and yeah. There's actually a story behind that that some of it was true life shit. You just mentioned Freddy Krueger. Yeah. There was actually something they pulled from with Nightmare on Elm Street that actually happened. But we'll be right back after this uh, music break.
and tribulations of street gang and motorcycle club life. This isn't the run-of-the-mill book that doesn't give the goods. This book will go into detail of events that actually happen. All materials in this book have been approved by those involved. There is nothing poetic, nor is there any price worth paying for the life we choose to live on the streets. James Hollywood Machikari, Brotherhood and Betrayal. As defined in the American Heritage Dictionary, second college edition, the noun rock is defined as a relatively hard, naturally occurring material of mineral origin, a naturally formed mineral matter. That's not rock. Play with the devil, die with the devil. Now, back to good, wholesome, politically correct entertainment. Oh, yeah, you can get your copy of Biking it, or no, actually, it's Brotherhood and Betrayal. I always get all my books mixed up. Yeah, what's wrong with you? Yeah, we got it to where you get, get signed copies. Uh, it's 20 bucks, lower 48, or you can contact China if you're in a different uh, country and stuff like that. Uh, hey, guys, man, you know what? They're collecting your balls. I got my Canadian Princess Donna out there talking shit, and then I got my UK freaking... Uh, queen out there flossy talking shit and you guys are just sitting there letting your balls be cut off by these women what the hell is wrong with you guys man you guys are freaking killing me man you know and then i have to freaking deal with china now making fun of me at nighttime because my anti-viper league has its balls cut off anyway uh we're gonna go into this is very interesting stuff and I, you know what? China Dow loves this gross-ass shit. So, okay? I do. She loves these horror films, but then she can't sleep with the damn closet door open because she's afraid some old lady's going to cut her in the neck or some shit. What is with that? I told you it has to do with my childhood. My closet door was left open, and I woke up in the middle of the night, and I was, like, super cold, and I looked over... And there was a little old lady in a rocking chair. It's creepy. So, it's creepy, but you watch all these slasher films. Yeah, cause some of them make me laugh. What slasher films do you like the most? I don't know. And they, beca- they came all in... All the old school ones, but the problem is, is they went too far with a lot of them. Like, okay, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, they went too far. Well, that's just like Friday the 13th. What are they up to, 20 now? Yeah, I don't know, but they went too far. And then they had Freddy versus Jason. I liked that movie. That 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 one I liked. It was entertaining. That was funnier than hell, yeah. man. And then they got Halloween. I liked the first Friday, uh, the first uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. That was a scary one. Well, the part ones of all movies are good. It's when they keep going with it and they drag it out. It's like you you already know what's going to happen because you know. Okay, Friday the Thirteenth. With Freddy Krueger. The minute you hear his nails, <laughs> you know, the claws. Dude, that gets... 
They, they, you know something. Somebody's gonna die. You should try to freaking uh, just know. deal and watch with these things when you're high, dude. As soon as you hear them screeching nails, you're like, you kill my buzz, Freddy. What's up with you, Homer? <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? I know. That's some bullshit. But it's like you know, after the first you know movie, you can kind of predict when people are gonna die. So I'm like yelling at the TV or whatever. Don't go in there. <laughs> And why is it every damn time that they're running, they trip? Oh, you mean like J-Man just did on camera a little bit ago. <laughs> oh, J-Man fell and busted his ass? <laughs> you missed it. I saw it. What the hell happened? <coughs> he set up his phone, and he was backing up, and he tripped over a jack stand. <laughs> <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Not only can my guys not fight back. I, I don't know if anybody caught it. I think I might Discord, be the only one that caught it. They're falling and busting their asses. I so saw that happen. <laughs> I was dying during the show. But do you song. notice that every slasher film, they're running and they fall and bust their ass. Yeah. And next thing you time. know, they're getting killed. What the fuck every is time. wrong with them? Every time. Or they're in a sex scene. And they both die. Oh, dude. You know what? Jason, man, he knew how to fucking ball break, man. He knows. He was a cock block. He was a cock block like a motherfucker, that Jason, man. Almost every time there's a sex scene. You know, there was. One of them's dying. There's that one scene where uh, the two were screwing around, and he put something through both of them. I was like, dude, you're a dick. He's vicious. (laughs) Yeah, man. They're uh, getting it on and stuff like that, and uh, he kills the broad. And him at the same time. They stuck them together. He impaled them. Mm -hmm. Like Alora said, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Me? Yeah, I was over it after the first. Yeah, I. I wasn't a big fan. I like the Matthew McConaughey one. See, Matthew McConaughey, he knows how to act. I really like that actor. He's oh, a, I do too, because he's hot. Well, you know, you like him for one thing, but I like his I liked attitude in, on things. I liked him in Magic Mike. Is that like who you dream of when you're Matthew McConaughey? Sex? Yes. Yeah, he's one, one of them. <laughs> yeah, I ain't even gonna lie. He's running for governor of Texas, I hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? He has that down-the-middle thinking like I do. It's like, fo- fuck both sides. Let's do good for what we want to do. Uh, but I liked him in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He really played a creepy-ass part, man. I like him in almost all his movies. You know, uh, now here's the backstory on Freddy. Nightmare on Elm Street. All right. What's the backstory? Here's where they got the ideal from. Uh, He said, uh, Wes Craven, you know, he was a slasher film legend. Hell yeah. Uh, Just like, uh, what's his name was with uh, freaking the zombie movies. It had come to me. Uh, Wes Craven said his inspiration for Freddy Krueger's power to slip into people's minds and murder them in the sleep came from reading about a series of mysterious deaths. All the victims had recurring nightmares and died in their sleep. Uh, The Los Angeles Times in the 70s published an article detailing a family who survived the killing fields in Cambodia and fled to the United States. Their son often experienced terrifying nightmares of being chased. He would try to stay awake for days at a time, but when he eventually fell asleep, his parents heard loud screams and discovered that he had died during one of his nightmares. That would be freaky. 
that is where the inspiration for Freddy Krueger came in. I mean, I have nightmares, but geez, that's pretty intense. That's pretty intense right there. You know, he probably, you know what, those killing fields in Cambodia, it still goes on today, man. Them people are always killing each other over there. Uh, but genocide is like a motherfucker out there, man. And the guy died, and the, the kid died in his sleep, man. But that is the uh, inspiration for Freddy Krueger. Now, in the movie, he was what? He killed kids and stuff like that, and they caught him in a warehouse. And the parents uh, killed his ass, and that pissed him off. He came back and all that shit. Yeah, he came back and basically started killing the, the kids of the families that burnt him up. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the that's the thing about that one. But he, yeah, he was pissed. What did you think about the second and third one? For what? Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah. I like the ones where there's... way more than second and third. Well, I know. But I like the one where uh, Dokken was in there with uh, their song Dream Warriors. Yeah. That was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah, that that was a good good one. one. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I can only handle so many of these. They keep making too many. Uh Uh-huh. It's just like... Okay, stop it. Right. Stop it. <laughs> stop making them. But I will say the Freddy versus Jason one was pretty fucking cool. <laughs> it was. Now, another one, and this had to do with the first one. Scream. You remember that one? Oh, God, Scream yeah. Scream with that mask. They it's, like a, a, it's like a parody. No, but, this was the actual real one. I'm not talking about the parody one. Oh, the actual Scream. Danny Rowland murdered five University of Florida students. What, did he take his freaking uh, cue from Ted Bundy? Anyway, over four days in the summer of 1990, the massacre of students in terror, this inspired, formed the basis of the storyline for Scream. Uh, Let's see here. Quote, my aunt and uncle were at UF at the time, and it really had the entire town in a state of panic. Fleeing the town, bolting doors and windows, dropping out of classes. Sadly, one of the victims was my mom's cousin. But that is the backstory of uh, Scream and how it started with this Danny uh, Rowland massacring students. Uh, uh, what did he watch? Too much TV or some shit? I bet he was a slasher film freaking fan. Probably. I wonder if in real life some of these people that are mass serial killers and shit take their cues from the 80s movies man because that's when it was at the height was in the 80s yeah was these uh the 80s and early 90s yeah exactly so you have to wonder you know what hell happened with them because a lot of the horror movies nowadays they're just like they're blah they're not that good no i think they uh i think they overemphasize all the technology aspects, all the graphics and mm-hmm, shit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead they, of yeah. sticking to the, the one. Ba- like, go back to the basics. Right. You know, they should go back to the basics and just don't overdo it with the technology. Well, you know, that and don't overdo it with 20 freaking Jasons. How many times you got to kill this motherfucker, man? And he's still not dead. Yeah, It's like, what the hell are you going to have to do, man? You're going to cut his head off, and then he's going to freaking carry his head and still kill your ass. Probably. You know, it's messed up stuff, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> now, you were talking about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Now, it's loosely based on the actions of a real-life murderer 
Ed Gein, who, like Leatherface, would also mutilate the bodies of his victims and wear skin over his own. That is messed up, man. What the hell is wrong with people? You crazy, man. That's disgusting. But that is some of the basis of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, he, let's see here, is also known as the Butcher of Plainfield or the Plainfield Gall. Uh, he was convicted of murder and body snatcher. Uh, what's funny was it wasn't in Texas. That's what cracks me up. It was in Wisconsin. So why'd they call it Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Well, this is the basis of the movie. So it's just basically where they got the idea from. Right. Now, this was in 1957. Uh, the authorities discovered he had exhumed corpses, corpse from local graveyards and fashioned trophies and keepsakes from their bones and their skin... He also confessed to killing two women, tavern owner uh, Mary Hogan in 1954 and uh, hardware store owner uh, Bernice Warden in 1957. Uh, you know what? It'd be it, It's actually kind of funny. Back then, they didn't have the technology we have, like the CSI shit, where you can't get, a, you can't get past all that bullshit. But back then, it, it, it was horrific, man. You wouldn't know who the hell was doing it. And this dude, he just looks like a regular old Joe Schmo, man. But those are the ones you got to watch out, man. Yeah, because you never know you what's never coming. Know. <laughs> uh, in 60, uh, let's see here, he was initially found unfit, uh, and he was combined to a mental health uh, facility. 68, he was then judged competent to stand trial. He was found guilty of the murder. But he was found legally insane and was uh, remanded to the psychiatric institution. He died at the Mendota Mental Health Institute of Respiratory Failure at uh, 77. And he's buried next to his family in Plainfield uh, Cemetery in a now unmarked grave. You know what's even worse about this stuff? Is when it does have a true life story, they gain like fans and shit. Mm -hmm. They leave shit at their gravestones and mm -hmm. stuff like that. That's like Al Capone. They had to move him because of all that kind of stuff. John Belushi, too. John Belushi, too. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's like, damn, man, you get a following for being a serial killer and shit like that? What kind of sick-ass people are out in this well, world? Well, it's like any, you know, any person that's made well-known, you know... Their, their cemetery plots are, like, not going to stay pretty. Right. Uh, Flossie, that was a hardcore one. Hills have eyes. That was some serious business right there with that fucking uh, uh, film. But that's where the Texas Chains uh, Assault Massacre came in. Now, they were talking, uh, what is this one, uh, The Exorcist. You know what? That scared a lot of fucking people. That is the broads fucking the head turning and shit like that. Can you imagine that? That's creepy. Dude, I'd be like, you split, know what? Get the up. fuck out of my house. Spewing that split pea soup. <laughs> right, you'd be calling on the old man upstairs real quick. Anyway, everybody knows about the Am Amityville Horror one. There was a movie in 79 and 2005. 
And it follows the real-life story of the Lutz family, who were said to be haunted by ghosts of the victims of a brutal murder that took place in their house in Amityville a few years before they moved in. This was one of the earliest cases that Ed and Lorraine Warren worked on, and one of the most disturbing. Now, that's where ghosts go crazy, man. It's like, dude, here, you want to join or something? Calm the fuck down. Yeah, slow Let's your roll. Slow that roll, man. Let's sit there and talk about this. Let's talk about your problems. You don't have to be an <laughs> asshole. You don't have to be throwing chairs all over the fucking place. Be I cool. Know, I gotta wreck the house. Yeah, man. Come on, man. We can all call it a zicks here, man. You don't have to be dicks. For real. You know, but this was pretty scary, man. Pretty scary. And you know what's even uh, worse is when you, you you have to distinguish between if they're real or not. But some of these videos on YouTube, like the one that keeps freaking me the fuck out is that one Chinese mortuary one uh, where they had those gray CCTV cameras and shit. And you can actually see the soul coming out of the body. Now that freaked me out. You know, I don't get freaked out by much, but that freaked the shit out of me. You know what? I'll never watch that high because my high is gone when that shit happens. Did you pee yourself? I almost did, man. I was like, you know what? They just caught freaking proof of life after death right there. Uh, but, you know, what? I don't get what the problem is with these ghosts, man. They have to be dicks. That's, that's not cool, man. Uh, I, I, think that, I think they're just doing it out of anger because the people are invading their turf. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a turf war. Right. Yeah. And then another one of Ed and Lorene's uh, real-life cases was The Conjuring. Okay? The Conjuring. That happened... In, uh, that was a movie out of 2013. Uh, it was based on the Perone family who was said to be terrorized by hauntings. Here's another one. Ghosts being dicks. From their previous homeowner, a suspected murderer, Bathsheba Sherman... Uh, of, over the course of 10 years, the movie itself is critically acclaimed for its slightly too realistic portrayal of the fem- uh, the family's demonic ha- haunting. Now, what was that one with Nicole Kidman? The whole movie, it was like, okay, she's real and shit like that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, she was the fucking ghost. You know, a good movie there. I gotta, I gotta find the name of that one. But what makes it to where a, you know, you're a woman. You know, sometimes. Uh, what the fuck, sometimes. You're a woman sometimes. But anyway, what makes a woman want to kill their kids? That I have no idea. That's disgusting. I, I, I would want to kill the woman that killed her kids. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Though that's just wrong. I, I personally, I, I don't like watching movies that have I that. hate that. Like that Susan Smith bitch? <sighs> Drove her car into the freaking lake or whatever it was. Killed everybody except herself? Mm-hmm. Why is it always the murderer lives? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I would like to know that too myself. I would really love to know why is it she's the, the, the murderer survives shit like that. Right. Because isn't the whole point for y'all and then to they go make, at the same time? And then they make a movie about it and uh, make it to where she was the victim. Mm-hmm. That's the way these people in Hollywood do it. She ain't no victim. Hell no, man. She's sick. Hell in the, no. In the head. Big time freaking sick. She got issues. <laughs> issues is fucking right, man. 
Uh, so we're going to be right back uh, after this freaking music break with some more.
yesterday's hits. Dance in my car. Non-stop music. Okay, before we get back to our subject, we're going to go to some news. And Hollywood is flaming pissed right now. Ruh-roh. I am flaming pissed. Every Memorial Day, yeah. the vets, it used to be called Rolling Thunder, descend on Washington mm-hmm. for a rally. Right. Tons of people come. Now, usually they use the Pentagon's parking lot. Okay. Well, they were denied a permit. Frickin' really. But! It was blamed on coronavirus. We all know that was shit was gonna happen. Yeah. But guess what? What? Just in now, four hours ago, the fucking BLM was just approved for that permit. For the same location? For the same deal that... They use every single year. So the vets got dissed. For these BLM fucking pricks. That's just wrong on so many levels. I am so sick and tired of this. How in God's name does the BLM... I hate that organization. ...override the vets? I'm talking I hate that organization. Yeah, I see why you're pissed now. Because now I'm pissed. How in the hell does that even happen? That's bullshit. I am so sick and tired of these leftist pricks. They're the ones leading us to civil war. It ain't our side. It's them. That's, yeah, I'm, dude, I'm kind of speechless with that. That's freaking just so wrong. Representative Brian Mass of Florida, more than 30 other Republicans, why ain't it them all? pissed about this pressured biden which nobody that fucking cocksucker ain't gonna do nothing <laughs> you like how i did that with him right <laughs> you just sound like you almost threw up in your mouth <laughs> they asked him to override the pentagon's decision to block the veterans group from staging a rally in the pentagon parking lot which they do all the time mm-hmm I would have hoped that uh, Biden would have more respect for more Memorial Day tradition. No, they don't respect our veterans. They want communism. And they're stirring you idiots who vote for them right to it. Look, you know what? I just got it from Dark Soul. The gas lines are unbelievable on the East Coast right now. It's like the 1970 oil embargo going on right now because of one pipeline that went down over a hacking incident. And these idiots want to close everything down. But to deny our uh, our vets this, this has got me burning. Now, Special events confirm AMVETS permit for rolling uh, to remember on March 11th, but later reversed this decision. Whatever. Uh, Republican leaders, not one Democrat in there. Not one. That's pissed off about this. No, of course not. But BLM, they can get their shit. Why are these freaking feds so afraid of these people? I am so tired of them using this racism bullshit. That is what's putting people in uh, tribal corners. 
That's what's starting the racism is them. They're using the playbook out of Stalin on this shit. But that just came in that the BLM is getting their permit, but not our people. Not the vets. Not our vets. Sad state of affairs right there, man. Uh, Other news, uh, the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine is going to be rolling out with kids. It was just approved for kids uh, 12 and up. Yeah, but isn't Pfizer one one of the ones they first took off the market? No, that was Johnson and Johnson. Oh, that's Johnson and Johnson. My bad. My bad. That was my bad. That was your bad. That was my bad. Now, you know, here's another thing about uh, Biden's uh, come to America where he got open arms. There was abandoned migrant kids all under seven years old, found hungry, crying near the border, but had to be rescued by a Texas farmer. Come to America, they say. It ain't true that kids are being taken from their families and being used to get over the border. I thought that's what was going on. That's messed up, isn't it? What? None of that shit makes sense. None of these people make sense on the left. None of them. They're bastards, if you ask me. And people keep on voting for them. Oh, oh, mean tweets. We don't want that. But we'll have gas that's over, what, three-something right now, right now, by you? Ours went from 309 to 319. Then you got these gas lines that are reminiscent of the oil embargo. They had them lined up blocks upon blocks to get gas. I heard some. I mean, I don't know if this is true. Those of you that drive trucks like Dark Soul, I've heard some places are they're having a hard time getting diesel. They're all having problems because that oil pipeline that was hacked provides most of the oil to the East Coast. And you know what the White House had to say about it? Probably nothing. They're probably even though this is a national emergency. They said, oh, that's a private sector problem. Oh, I thought maybe they Again, would be closed. you idiots voted for this guy because you didn't like the other one's mean tweets. This country's going to fucking hell in a handbasket, man. If you don't like man. somebody's tweets, don't follow. It, it is. And you know what? They follow the media so damn much, it's unreal. Uh... Other, uh, let's get into some other good news here, though. Uh, the Canadians, uh, you know what? Our Canadians up north, man, they can play hockey like a motherfucker, man. Hmm. Uh, the Canadians clinched a playoff spot. Uh, they lose uh, four to three to o- uh, in overtime to the Oilers. Uh, the Flyers end uh, crushing season with a four to two win over the devils i don't cover basketball sorry guys i don't cover football sorry guys we're a hockey team i'm family. a hockey guy yeah, and, hockey. and my cubbies you know other than that uh, go fuck yourselves i don't want to listen to them idiots uh anyway so let's go back to our good stuff that's your news for today <laughs> that has me pissed that they denied our veterans that shit 
That is, that's got me pissed. Anyway, there was one thing in the uh, the Discord channel in general chat. You know, we're talking about ghosts. We're talking about the slasher films yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Do you think that animals can see something that we can't? A hundred percent, yes. I 100% think they can. Expand. Okay. Like when the situation occurred with me when I was young and uh, living at home with the old lady in the rocking chair in my closet, <laughs> I had a cat. Mm-hmm. What woke me up was the cat was sitting on the ground staring at the closet meowing like weird. Mm-hmm. Like not like a normal meow, like a weird one. So that's what woke me up. And then I saw what I saw. Right. But the cat was still staring. Was it like in a protective type of stance? Or yeah, because what? yeah, because like all the hair on the cat's like back was like standing up. Right. So it was like a like a fearful kind of meow or something. Mm-hmm. Like it was loud. Well, here's some signs they claim. Uh, the first one: if your pet is following something invisible. They might be sat completely still, but their eyes are darting across the room. Or they might get up and follow the thing with their eager noses. Mm-hmm. Have we, we've seen a cat do that all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like they can see three-dimensional. Okay, like our dogs will sit outside my closet and stare at it. Yeah, our little Jack Russell Jack do. Russell does it. And then she'll, she'll occasionally, she'll actually walk in there and walk right back out. And then when she comes out, she runs downstairs. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. Our I'm pit bull is too lazy to get up. Nah, she don't care. <laughs> she don't care. Uh, another thing is they bark or they hiss at nothing. Mm-hmm. They'll bark at something or hiss. Uh, especially when you're the only one at home, they say. Uh, well, you and whatever your pet has taken a disliking to, honestly, this could mean they've heard something you haven't. Uh, and animals, they got some damn good freaking hearing, man. They can hear the high-pitched noises way before we can hear anything. Okay, well, here's another example. I did, uh, you know, I'm a TikTok junkie, so I did a TikTok video, and you basically have the camera not facing you, and it's you have it go around your room. I posted it, uh, but angel wings appear if there's someone there to visit you. Do you believe that thing? And when I did it, it's really weird because before I even did that video, both the dogs were on the bed facing that direction. Wow. And just like staring and not moving I think you're letting and not your, making a I sound. I think you're letting your mind go crazy. I don't think a TikTok No, because I think, it, because I think it was very weird that I went around the whole upstairs that day with that thing before I made the video. And the only spot This is what China does. And the only spot where the wings came up was right in front of my dad's photo. Uh I think you uh taking that TikTok a little too serious. I've done other apps that did the same shit. <laughs> An app on a phone, I don't think and I don't the, care. The, I don't think it I just think it. it's too coincidental that it was right there. Interesting. And right where the dogs were staring. I live with the fucking nuts. Anyway, uh, they look for comfort or trying to protect. 
they might start acting anxious for no reason at all. Oh, I can guarantee these dogs hear stuff we don't hear. Because there's been times when, like, Xena will sit up out of a dead sleep mm-hmm. and just her ears will go up and she'll just start looking around. And I'm like, I didn't hear nothing. Well, you know, you're not going to hear anything because they got more... They got more sensitive hearing. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> that creepy, ain't it? I think our house is haunted. <laughs> <laughs> it is an old house. Well, what? We used to make jokes when we lived out in Chicago about yeah. a ghost in our basement and the kids named I don't it, know. The kids named him Max. The first thing I would say to a ghost, you know, <laughs> a ghost appears and shit like that, it'd be, hey, you want a joint? I think that'd be the first thing that came to mind. You want to bl- you want to freaking smoke? You would pass, pass. You know, <laughs> puff, puff, pass. Yeah, yeah, you would. But I think, I think, what would I you do Max, if you seen I a think, ghost? Pr- honestly, I'd probably just sit there and stare <laughs> and be like, "What the fuck? Why are you here?" That's what you do. Either that, or I'd try to take a picture of it because I'm a dumbass like that. No, I wouldn't piss myself, because I believe in that shit. Okay, you say you wouldn't piss yourself, but no. you won't sleep with the closet door open. Nope. So and when I come home from work and see my closet door is open, I'm like, who the fuck opened my closet? All the time. But you're sitting here saying that, you know, you wouldn't say nothing, or no. you, you wouldn't I'd, freak out. I would try and take a picture. You wouldn't even try to communicate? Yeah, I would. You know what? I think a ghost would take me up on my offer if I, you know, passed them a joint. <laughs> They'd totally take it. Hell yeah, man. Of course I would try and communicate. But it's like the first thing I'd want to do It wouldn't scare the shit out of you. No, because I believe in that shit. I believe that it, that it does happen. <laughs> what? I like ghosts and shit. That's my shit. I love that shit. Why? Because it's intriguing. Well, you know, Halloween. Oh, Michael Myers, the slasher film that uh, set off everything. <laughs> Halloween, my sister's yes. birthday. Carpenter, uh-huh. he said he visited a local mental institution, and he's seen a young boy no older than 13 with a schizophrenic stare. And he explained that the boy's black soulless eyes and pale emotional face inspired uh, Dr. Loomis's quote in the movie when he described Michael as having the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. This visit had an immense effect on Carpenter and this boy inspired Michael's demeanor. So these uh, directors and screenwriters, they're taken from real life events that somebody else either experienced or themselves and putting it into a slasher film. But can you imagine that? And I've seen some of them kind of people with the psycho, uh, uh, the schizophrenic stare. Yeah. They are blacky black, them fucking eyes. And it's like, damn, man, what's up in there, man? What you doing? What's wrong with you? You need to get high. Makes you wonder what's really going on in there. Right, and especially with them kids, man. And, you know, what is it? On Law and Order, you've seen some of them cases where kids just kill another kid and they have no feelings about it. Yeah, no emotion. Yeah, Where the hell does that come from, man? Well, I've watched a lot of that stuff, like Kids Behind Bars uh-huh. is, an, is a series that I, I watched the whole thing. I binge-watched it. And a lot of it is kids that killed kids. And they didn't even think twice about it. They didn't 
there was no emotion like when they went to court and stuff like that. Right. They get sentenced and they're just like whatever. And then finally, he took uh, some influences from the Celtic uh, tradition. Uh, when it came to the holiday of Halloween, he and Hill were intrigued by the festival of Samhain and the notion that dark souls are let out on Halloween and they wreak havoc on the living. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me want to go to the cemetery and hang out by the witch's baby. You know what? I think you'd shit fucking bricks if you've seen a ghost. Don't sit there and tell me you wouldn't. I think it's cool. You would shit I'd want to know. My, I think the first thing I'd want to know is why the hell did you appear to me? <laughs> well, you know, you are a ditzy blonde. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, appreciate Rude. you guys uh, hanging around for the show today. Uh, longer show today with me in China now, man. Uh, I think I should just keep waking you up earlier and earlier. No, you shouldn't. Because, you know, before you came on, you're like, uh, I tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm tired. Right. You got me in here 15 minutes sooner. There you go. Anyway, guys, appreciate you guys uh, hanging out with us. We'll see you tomorrow. You're back over to Auto DJ. Bye.